podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Has it been a while since you flipped that thermostat from heat to cool? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services before you do for an $88 AC start and check to make sure your AC is in tip-top shape. Griffith specializes in carrier, but services all brands. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today. Your local carrier expert. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Standing on a corner and a white godfather hat. He drives a long black gangster Cadillac. He can steal a bra's mind, man, three or four minutes. It's not how long you talk, bro. It's what you put in it. Gentlemen, and welcome to this War on the Street podcast with the LFC Day Trippers. Um, I'm your host, Gav. With me this evening, I have Peter Phillips from the cop table, I have Grizz as usual, and I have Jay Riley. Um, tonight, we're going to do a little bit on a couple of transfer links. Um, that'll probably take us about 10 or 15 minutes into the show. And then, what we're going to do is we're going to spend about 45 minutes on the curious case of Nabil Fekir. Um, there we are, we're all on screen now. Uh, Jay is not on screen because um, he's too famous. So that's basically that's basically why he's not on. Um, no, he's on. He's on a phone, and, and I know how messy it gets on the phones. Um, right, lads, I just want to kick it off before we get into this Nabil Fekir thing. Uh, a couple of names I just want to throw at you and see what you think because the, they are sh- floating around and they're getting caught up in this Nabil Fekir mix at the time. Over the weekend, over the last couple of days, the first one is um, Shakiri from Stoke. Uh, the rumoured buyout clause is twelve million due to their relegation. Um, he was a little bit coy in an interview after his Switzerland game last night. Um, well, I, I, it's fair to say we're widely tipped to him. Um, but he, I'll come to you first. Uh, Shakiri, twelve million. Um, do you think it's a runner? And if it is, is it something that you'd be excited by? You know, is a squad depth? Is it? Is it? Is he a starter? What, what way would you see it going? Yeah, well, by all accounts, it's um, it's pretty much uh, a go with this transfer, isn't it? All the the local reporters seem to have had their, their take on it. So, um, as for a, a good sign, and I think he adds depth to the squad, doesn't he? He's he's one of them for twelve billion pounds. Can you can you really turn someone down? What is he? Twenty five, twenty six years of age, international player, played at Bayern Munich, into Milan. Um, Played in a Stoke team that unfortunately wasn't wasn't up to his standards. If you like, he, he's probably he was like a big fish in, in a small pond there, wasn't he? Um, well, coming to Liverpool, he, he'd be on on par with, with a few of the other players. So uh, under Klopp, I think he could thrive. I think 
Klopp's seen him in the Bundesliga, hasn't he, when he played for Bayern Munich, probably against uh, Dortmund. So for, for the price they're asking, 12 million relegation clause or whatever it is, I think it's uh, it's pretty much it's doable and it's it's a player that I'd personally like to be brought in as well. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. Um, I'm always looking to, to upgrade and I think if you're looking at Solanke Rings as a forward option and then you look at Shakiri, he's definitely an upgrade. Some people may argue, is he enough of an upgrade? We want to go and get someone that'll challenge our front three, but it's very hard to judge a player when they haven't played under Jürgen Klopp. That's why I look at it. Um, he brings out things in players that uh, very few managers do. Um, Grizz, uh, Peter reckons this is a runner and it's doable. And he agrees with yeah, what would be tipped and he'd, he'd like to see it happen. Are you in agreement with that? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, look, I was when I first, uh, the name was sort of linked, we were linked with, with Shakiri. my initial reaction was really, do you know what I mean, Shakiri. Mm, you know, is he the type of player that sort of will fit in a club system? Because, like, sort of, I mean, I'm not going to watch so many Stoke games to have sort of pass a, a full judgment on Shakiri, but he doesn't seem the type, sort of, to you know get around the pitch, press as much. And but you know what? The more I think about it, and the more couple of nights sleep I've had on it, I've come round to him. You know that I've, I've come round to him. I think, I think he's he's a, he's a proper little pocket dynamo, isn't he? And at the end of the day, the way you got to look at it is the twelve. Twelve and a half or thirteen million rumored fee. It's 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 a it's a no brainer in this day and age, isn't it? It's just like you couldn't even pick up a. I think you couldn't even pick up a, a championship player for sort of about twelve fifteen million pound these days. Do you know what I mean? So with Shakiri, as Pete says, you're getting a fully blown international who's played for the high, at the highest level, including uh, Inter, Bayern. Do you know what I mean? So and and he's and he's played on uh, he's played at Stoke on a. And a wet and windy Wednesday as well. Do you know what I mean? Wednesday night. So you can't really go wrong for talk million Kenny in that sense. So yeah, I think squad depth is very important. We can't always look. You know, us fans always want players that are going to just fix the first team, and it's not always easy to do that. You've got to sort of build the squad as you go along, adding the first teams as well. And I think Shakiri would be one of those players who not necessarily would. Fo- not necessarily would walk into that first team, but he would definitely fight for that sort of, uh, you know, as, 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 a, as, a, as a backup to one of the wide men. Jay, these two lads are um, in full agreement with each other that this one, if it's the Obel and it's, it, it's, if it's achievable, he's definitely something they, someone they would have in their squad. Um, would you go along with that or would you be thinking to go a bit, I don't know, a bit more mad with money and try to get someone that's more or less, you know, forced him? absolute force team quality and he challenges the three boys up front you know every week for, for a spot to be perfectly honest for the money you know 12 million pounds in this day and age it's an absolute no brainer isn't it really and you know as the lads have said there he's played for Bayern Munich he's played for Inter Milan he's also got the Premier League experience with Stoke as well so you know you look at his stats from last season chips in with a few goals he's obviously got quality he gets assists as well doesn't he and I think the stat that was like I thought was very good was the chances created. You know, other than that, you know, out the outside the top six teams, I think it was that Pascal Gross and Shakiri were you know mm. the top two. So you know, from that aspect of it, he's obviously a player that would you know integrate into the squad, and he'd be a squad filler, really, wouldn't he? I don't think he'd be a starter because. I don't think he's quite good enough to be a starter week in, week out. But you know, Liverpool are crying out for a bigger squad, aren't they? And it was evident, wasn't it, in the Champions League final where you know Real Madrid brought on Gareth Bale and Liverpool brought on Lallana. 
who obviously hasn't played all season because of injuries. And you know, you looked at the bench, and you've got Solanke, and you've got Ings on there, and you know, Liverpool need need a bigger squad. It's as simple as that. And yet, of course, there's other areas of the team where we need a new goalkeeper. We're trying to get Fefe we? Obviously, we'll talk about that in a bit. And then there's other players that we're linked to, but you know, someone like Shakiri is going to be a good squad filler, isn't he? So for twelve million pounds, you know, it's not someone that. I would have thought, yeah, let's go and sign Shaqiri, but with this clause that he's got for twelve million, I think it's an absolute no-brainer, really. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement then that if he comes in, he's somebody that comes into our squad, improves our squad. There's no doubt about that. He improves our squad, but also, or he may not be a starter week in week out, but he could be one of those players that can step in for one of the two wide men. You know, if they need a break off, or we've we've a lot of games because when Europe comes around and you're playing three times a week, um, he's one of those that can come in and probably play one of those games, especially against, you know, the mid to lower teams in, in the league. Um, and then you know, yeah, just, now, one, yeah, just, on. just a quick thing, but, you know, I think I think a lot of us said the same thing about the Ox. Sort of, you know, uh, is he going to get into our team? Do you know what I mean? He's like yeah, well, that, that comes back to my point of, of not judging a player until he's played on yeah. the Jürgen Klopp, because... For me, if you go back to Chamberlain, I think Chamberlain looked like he'd stagnated his career and that was down to Arsenal and Wenger and all of a sudden he comes along to Klopp and Klopp just changes him and puts him in the centre midfield and says, you, you'll you be this and you can be that, you can be always shoe, always, you know, he, he opened up his mind to football again where it was such a tunnel vision thing of what he was trying to do with Arsenal and he was playing wing back and all. So I, I think for 12 million, as you say, I agree with all. I think it's, a, it's, it's very little risk for somebody that could make an impact especially in our team you know judging them in a Stoke team is very hard to put them into our team and the way we play and how we dominate teams and you know him playing against deep line defenders he's, he's well capable his delivery is exceptional at times but look we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes um, that seems to be a runner and a lot of people are expecting something to break on that in the next day or so um, two centre backs I want to touch on lads um, Jay I'll come to you first on this one I'll let you go first and it's Tarkowski from Burnley and LaSalle from uh, Newcastle, they're the two names I've seen. If there's anybody else, feel free to throw them in. But what's your feeling on these two? Is it is it one or the other? Are we are we weighing up both? Oh, can't hear Jay. Oh, no, there he is. As as far as I'm concerned, like and, and I'm aware with Klopp, he wants an English centre half, so it would add up, really, wouldn't it? When you think about it, and like with Lascelles and with Tarkowski, I mean, I was very surprised at the stats on this as well because. Tarkowski comes out on top on a lot of things, but what I, I to be honest, I'd prefer Lascelles purely and simply because we all know how good a manager Rafa Benitez is, and he's a good judge of a player and character as well. And basically, he made Lascelles captain at Newcastle at the age of 23, so you know that's good enough for me. And obviously, he looks like he's got that little bit extra about him. Whereas with Tarkowski, he plays for the team that's very defensive. I know Newcastle can be at times under Rafa, but. I think Burnley under Sean Dice, that's exactly what they set out every single game, don't they, to defend. And you've got to be careful signing Burnley players because look what happened with Michael Keane. He went to Everton for £30 million and he had a bit of a shocking season, didn't he, really? And, you know, you've got to consider it's the setup, the way Burnley play. He's suited to the way their style is, whereas with Lascelles, he's got a little bit more about him and he obviously is the captain as well. So from that point of view, you know, they're the two that we've sounded out and it's going to be interesting to see which one we get because you're probably going to be paying a little bit more for the shells, you'd imagine, because he's the captain of the football club. And who knows? I mean, you know, let's be honest, Rafa might kick up a stink, mightn't he? He might say, well, if you're going to sell me captain, I'll walk because 
it's obvious there's ongoing battles there with Mike Ashley, the owner, so you know, it won't be straightforward trying to get him. And it's just whether or not Liverpool are going to be prepared to pay, you know, maybe silly money for him. They might want about forty million or something for him, which seems a lot because he's not an international, is he? So on that basis to get him, but you know, the, on the grapevine, that's what we've heard anyway. Lascelles is the number one target. Yeah, from I think you're spot on with the, with regards to the style of play. Although they can be both be defensive, and Benitez is well known for being defensive and playing a certain way. <clears throat> Lascelles to me, he's big, he's strong, he's athletic, um, he's quite quick, he's a decent footballer. Tarkowski, yeah, you're right about this Michael Keane stuff. It smacks of that a little bit because of he's used to playing one way. And if he has to play high up the pitch, he may not look as comfortable. I'm not saying he won't, but you know the Michael Keane thing does fill me with a little bit of trepidation over it. Peter, um, these two lads, uh, first of all, do you think either of them will be approached? And if they were, which one would you go for? Yeah, well, like Jay said, obviously Klopp is definitely going to be in, in the market for or another centre-back this summer, whether um, they replace Clavin or what, I don't know whether he's he's coming or, or going or, or what have you. But for me, the, the choice between Lascelles and Tarsko, Tarkowski, I'd definitely go with, with what Jay said, Lascelles. He just seems to be uh, a little bit quicker, um, a little bit more powerful, if you like, uh, across the floor. Tarkowski, he's a big lad, isn't he? He's, he's very good in the air, he's solid. Uh, but just for the fact that Lascelles can, can get round the round the back four much much quicker than than the lad from Bear go for for Jamal Lascelles personally. But I think um, it it all depends, doesn't it, on on ones with with the players leaving. I think if if somebody does leave that centre centre back position, we definitely will will buy one. But um, if if all of them stay, but does Joe Gomez come into into the picture? Then does he also? Um, go for one of them uh, slots in the centre back position. So I just it, it all, all depends on who leaves. If somebody does does go out the exit door, then definitely then you'll see a centre back coming in. So for me, Jamal sells definitely. Yeah, um, you make a decent point, and someone will have to go for in order for us to bring one in because yeah, I don't think you're going to see Van Dijk, Lovren, Matip, Clavin. Gomez skirting around the issue and then you have say for him sake of Lascelles you're looking at six centre halves there for for what four positions you know and although Roy Clavin might be seen as four choice at the minute and maybe go down the pecking order Clavin's going to want to play football because of the stage of the career he's at he's, I don't think he's the sort of player that wants to sit and just take his wage out of Liverpool and, and away you go but um, Grizz I, I, I could be wrong but I think you're a big fan of this Tarkowski fella I could be wrong. I could be thinking of someone different. But for you, if for you, for me, sorry, it'd be Matip out the door. Um, I've said that for months and months and months. I'm not a fan of Matip at all. I think he he not aggressive enough as a centre half for me. But that's just the way I am. But Chris, if if these two are the lads that they're looking at, a which one would you go for? And b, do you, which one do you think is more? Gettable because as Jay said, as as a captain of a football club, it's hard, it's just that bit harder to get out. As well as Newcastle and their financial problems, and you know the chances are Mike actually takes the money in hands, takes forty million hands beneath his ten, and says, "There you go." You know. Yeah. Now I'm. Uh, it's not me who's the fan of Tarkowski. I think you've probably got to mix that with someone. So I'm definitely not a fan. And to be honest with you, I totally agree with you about Matip, but I, I really can't see Matip 
leaving. I think if there's any of our centre-backs, the most likely is to leave is Clavin. But then Klopp does seem to have a kind of soft spot for Clavin, doesn't he, as well? So it's difficult. I mean, again, I agree with you guys in terms of if someone leaves, then I definitely think we're going for a centre-half. Otherwise, if everyone proves their fitness over the sort of summer, I'm not 100% we're going to go for a centre-back. I agree we should. And I think we all agree we should because we definitely need a starter alongside Virgil van Dijk. Uh, me and you have spoke about Lascelles before. I don't rate him highly as others. I get that he's captain material. Well, he is captain of Newcastle, isn't he? I get that he's athletic and he's really quick. He's quite big as well. I mean, the lad Tarkowski is a proper unit. I mean, you're looking at, I think he's one of the biggest lumps alongside Harry Maguire in the Premier League. But with, in terms of um, in terms of who's the easiest to sort of poach, definitely Tarkowski. In fact, today uh, I read somewhere that Burnley are actually very close to signing, uh, funny enough, a centre-back from Lyon. Um, I'm not going to try to say his name. Well, actually, I'll try it. Gone on brave. Dear Carby, I think, something like that. So uh, I'm sure I'll be corrected by some. But yeah, Dear Carby, I think they're very close to agreeing a fee for, uh, for a centre back. So, which indicates that maybe one, you know, a couple of, maybe Tarkowski's in demand. Maybe there's other clubs in for him as well. Um, you know, as Jay says, there's plenty of noise in terms of we're being interested in as well. Lascelles will be hard to get. But then we know Mike Cashley is a seller, isn't he? Put the money on the table. The fella can't say no, can he? And when he's like that, he's got a reputation of like sort of, you know, um, accepting good offers. So um, I guess it depends on how badly Klopp, you know, sees that situation as priority. You know, whether he, I think it's, I think, obviously just a guess and just my opinion, but I think, I think we're as a club, as 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 a club, sorry, judging his options in terms of the goalkeeper has more priority or the centre-back has more priority because obviously, you know, funds are not unlimited. So I think it's, I think, it, I think it'd be interesting summer ahead. But yeah, out of the two that you've mentioned, I'd go for um, the Newcastle fella, the Sells. Well, um, right, that's just a couple of players that were shown out. Um, I don't think there's anybody else just want to mention um, or go into. Um, so what I'm going to do is, um, I'm going to go on to Nabilfek here. Um Right, this is what I'm going to do. Um, we're going to try to do some sort of timeline starting from maybe Wednesday slash Thursday. Um, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to stick a thing up on the screen here. Now, you lads won't see it, but I'll tell you what it is, right? It's basically two... Um, one was from James Pierce when he was asked a question with regards to Nabilfec here at around 9pm on the 7th of June, which was Thursday night. And he was asked a simple question and basically was the deal done and he just puts up, he literally puts up a uh, shaking of hands kind of emoji, you know, and, and uh, you know, that was that. Then Melissa Reddy comes along and says, deal expected to be completed and confirmed tomorrow. Another excellent piece of business by Spartan director Michael Edwards and the entirety of LFC's recruitment team. Um, that's up on the screen now for, for people that are watching and you can see it. Pierre, um <sighs> This this on Thursday night looks very very positive. Um, were you? Were you this is done. We're, we're job done now. We're, we're away we go. You know, we're happy out. It's it's all good. 
Yeah, just got a little visitor here. Come to say hello. Yeah, okay, say hello later right. before you go to bed. Hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, from my understanding, um, obviously there's a lot of background work on into this deal. Michael Edwards and, and, and the team that works alongside him have put a lot of, lot of work and it's they're very far into the deal. Apparently, from what I know, Thursday, they, they come to an agreement with, with Leon uh, and the chairman and they agreed that they could go for... Um, shh, one second, Leila. They could go for um, the medical... Medicals spoke to have taken place on um, on Friday, and by all accounts, it was in the, the media and um, news local news that, that he passed his medical. And then it, it comes out a bit later on that there was a they wanted a second opinion on a, a couple of issues to do with his with his knee. So once they got the the second opinion, they tried to go back in and and restructure the the deal. Once they, uh, they tried to restructure the deal, that's when Leon have decided to to basically to walk away from the deal at that moment in time. So it's it's still all up in the air at the moment. I, I think the the chairman of Leon is actually still not done with this deal. I think I still think he, he'll deal with Liverpool further down the line. There's just the talk of they want it done after the 30th of June, isn't it? Due to the to the PLC or whatever and the financial year to do with Leon. So personally I don't think it's it's dead and buried. Be a lot diff- more difficult now obviously to get him over the line, but in my, my opinion it's it's not dead and buried. Yeah. Uh, Jay these 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 tweets that come from no not only Melissa Reddy and, and James Pierce, they were just two we picked at random. But this seems to me that the deal is done um and that would mean that you know, uh, a fee, personal terms, all sorts of stuff, length of contract is agreed. Um, and that's what it looks like on, on I think it's towards, you know, I'm losing what day it is because there's that much happened around this. But to me, that just looks like this is done. Um, it'll be announced. Were you thinking on towards, you know, lovely, that's deal agreed and everything is fine and Nabil Fekir is a Liverpool player? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I was away. Liverpool had sent a team over to France, the training camp over there, to, to run a medical check on him. And basically, when I woke up Friday morning, I, I do a, a radio show on a Friday for Radio City Talk. And, you know, it's just like a little 15-minute slot where you talk about the week that just gone before, you know, like if Liverpool have played or obviously transfer speculation and what have you. And I knew I was going to get asked a question on Nabil Fekker. Um, and then I got a phone call about 15 minutes before I was going on air basically saying bad news on the medical he's, um, he's got a dodgy knee he's failed a medical now I, I, you know it's like anything else isn't it you hear all kinds of rumours and you don't know what's true and what's not true but the lad who told me he's quite reliable to be honest so I was sort of like a bit stuck then because I knew I was going to get asked a question by Steve Hodderzall. I knew he was going to fire the question at me. You know, what do you make of the new signing? You know, is it a good acquisition and what have you? Yeah. And then when he asked me the question, I had to be really coy over it because I didn't really want to make out as though, well, you know, obviously I've heard the story now that he's failed his medical because you just don't know what to believe these days, do you? So, I mean, I just started to be quite diplomatic about it. Um, and then... Literally an hour later, all the, all the rumours started doing the rounds, didn't he, on, on social media and on Twitter. 
Um, and then it seemed like that it was nonsense because a few people were saying, weren't they, oh, you know, he has actually passed his medical and it'll be announced later today. Um, and obviously that's not been the case and there has been issues. And, you know, it's very strange, isn't it? Because, you know, all the journalists seem to be adamant that it was going to happen. Um, you know, even like our local media, the Echo, they were even saying, weren't they, oh, the deal's going to go through, it's going to be announced, blah, blah. And then all that stuff happened on Friday night, didn't it, with Kenny Dalgleish becoming a say, and people were saying, well, you know, they're not going to break the news tonight because it'll take the shine off Kenny. So everyone was expecting it to, to, to happen on the Saturday, and then obviously the revelations have come out now about the medical, and you know, a couple of the, the media have, have ran with the fact that he has actually got a dodgy knee. And what I'm led to believe is he has got a dodgy knee, that is true, and Liverpool basically... Are the ones that are pulled out, but it looks like Leon are the ones there, the ones that have made the statements on it. So evidence still all up in the air because, as Peter said, then he, he still believes the deal's going to get done. But I look at this and I think, well, you know, it's like anything else in life. If you try to buy a, a second-hand car and you find a fault when you go to buy it, you know, you try and bargain them down. Now, people have said that Liverpool haven't tried to renegotiate the price. Now, you just don't know what to believe, do you? Because you know, if he's failed a medical and he doesn't satisfy the needs of a, of a medical examination, why would we sign some? Why, why are we going to sign him anyway? I mean, people are saying about reducing the price. Why would we do that if, if he's not going to pass a medical? doesn't make any sense. But then you'd have the flip side to it where people are saying, well, he played all season, last season for Leon. He's made the World Cup squad. He's going to play in the World Cup. So surely to God he goes through, you know, thorough examinations for you know, fitness purposes. So it, it's, it's just... Baffling, isn't it? And it could only happen to Liverpool, couldn't it? You know, oh, Liverpool yeah. are the mas- <laughs> Liverpool are the masters, aren't they? These these type of situations. I mean, we had it a few years ago with Lower Remy, didn't we? And he failed his medical as well. So, you know, it's just, you know, you don't know what to believe. And and people saying it still could happen. That could be the case. You know, after the World Cup, it's it's obviously unlikely to happen now before the World Cup because of what's gone on. But you know, it's just absolutely mystifying, and and it's a strange situation. And I don't think anyone truly, truly knows about what's the ins and outs of it, other than probably Michael Edwards and and maybe Jurgen Klopp. The thing, the thing for me is, and Grace, I'm going to come to you next, and I'm going to I'm going to lead you up to a certain point, right? On Thursday night, uh, journalists and other people that know what's happening uh, basically are saying. Liverpool have agreed a deal and the, the fee was somewhere around 48 million plus add-ons and stuff like that. And this is this is a player that Liverpool have signed. It's all done and dusted. We're going to announce it tomorrow, all right? Friday morning comes. Now, this, this stuff breaks that he's failed a medical. and But then after this, it's, it's said that they looked for a second opinion. Now, what I thought was, a second opinion to me is standard due to the injuries that he's had. For insurance purposes. So you do a medical, you say, yeah, everything's okay. I'll get a second opinion, though, because we have to insure this player and we need to prove to the insurance companies that this is okay. I thought that was pretty standard procedure. Um, it goes on then. You, you've, you've lads from French Federation saying it'll go through. Uh, Liverpool's uh, fears of being eased. It was, it was basically, yeah, there was a little issue, but it's all been sorted out and that's it. Um, Grizz... When this breaks, and I'm going to put I'm going to put some up on the screen. You may not be able to see it, um, and it's it's basically um, it's it's some more tweets, and it's it's from Graham Kelly Grizz, right? Now the first one reads: Check RMC who are in the training camp said a medical done. There will be a second opinion. Um, I wouldn't make up such a daft rumor. Um, you know, 
basically says, I wouldn't make up a dark rumour. Um, he's saying that he's got information and he's given it and he wouldn't make it up, basically. Then it comes back and uh, at Liverpool Echo Sport, breaking news that he passed his medical. They explained that a second opinion was sought on a knee issue, but the fears were erased. Um, or sorry, eased, not erased. But uh, Grizz, were you happy enough then that, yeah, this is okay? We got a second opinion. It's okay. Everything's being smoothed out. This should go ahead now. Let's get on with it. Or were you, were you more worried than that? I don't think there's anyone at that stage when sort of the likes of Melissa Reddy and Paul Joyce kind of confirmed it. I don't think there's anyone who doubted they wouldn't go through, you see. I mean, we all kind of jumped for joy once, you know, everyone was saying, oh, we're waiting for the Paul Joyce tweet. We're waiting for the Paul Joyce tweet. And then he kind of confirms it, doesn't he? And so does James Pierce with a handshake. And then as, as Jay says, it could only happen to us. Well, it doesn't only happen to us. It's just that we're in this fishbowl, you know, that, that we see it. Oh, like it can happen to anyone. It can happen to anyone, but it does it for fucking some reason. So, what? look, the, the way I look at it, right, we're always fighting against time to get this deal done before the World Cup, right? So that's the first disadvantage we've got because we're trying to do it in a rush. We're trying to do it in a matter of, like, let's say from Thursday to Sunday, right, the sequence of events. So we're fighting against a race against time, and we're probably after that Leipzig manager, uh, sort of uh, director. We're probably f- up against one of the nastiest, hardest to deal with chairman in world football, right? And he's a proper snob as well. So we've got a few things against us already, but we managed to overcome most of that by a, you know, as the guy said, we've. Be, we've Edwards and co have put a lot of work in and they've chased up Nabil Fakir. We've, we've agreed terms with his agent and the player, right? So that's done. Subject to medical. Because you've got to remember, everything, all contracts that are offered, wages are offered, are subject to medical. Then we actually manage, and this is the hardest part, but we've actually overcome the hardest part. This was, this was just doing my head in for the last few days. We've done the hardest part and we've agreed a fee with the club and that nasty chairman that we've agreed a fee subject to medical to purchase... The little fucker, right? So then what happens, right, suddenly... So then what happens suddenly is we hear of complications with the first medical, right? But, so, we, as you say, we seek a second medical... Uh, a, seek a, a second team, apparently, the youth uh, medical team goes out, flies out. With, with the opinion, most of the opinion was that it will be cleared. It won't be too much of an issue. And therefore, we're still confident. I mean, as, as your layman fan reading this on social media, we're still thinking, all right, second opinion, slight doubt now, but it should be fine because we're getting a second opinion and it should be fine. So, you know, when, when the kind of news breaks out that, look, there's an issue with the, with the second opinion as well, it's absolutely natural. And, I, and I, I can't understand the life of me, the fans that are having a go at Liverpool in this situation. Because as Jay says, you know, when you're buying... He's talked about a second-hand car, right, analogy. I've seen a lot of people use that. But if you're, if you're buying a player for, like, 50 million odd, you don't want him to just play. Everyone's saying, oh, well, he's played 37 games already this season and, you know, he's at the World Cup. His knee can't be bad. You know, we should have, we should have known that. Well, no, because until you do these MRI scans and these deep tissue scans, only then you realise extents of problems or injuries, you know, how, you know, how it could affect his future. And I think that's where the... 
I think that's where the issue lies in terms of we've gone back to them, apparently, right? Because this is all opinion. No one's saying it's fact here. Yeah. Yeah, you, so you don't jump ahead of me now. Don't try to jump on, ahead of me. We leave it there. So, yeah, we leave it there. So at that stage, we're still thinking, okay, it's a bit of a doubt. But the newspapers and the local reliable journals are saying he's passed. So we've still got no doubts at this stage. Okay. Pierre, I'm going I'm to push this on a little bit. And Grizz has mentioned something there about fans blaming the club and blaming, you know, the FSG's show to come out all the time um, for any reason whatsoever. Uh, but I think it comes down to, and where the club started to get a blame is, is that there's a picture leaked online of what looks like a YouTube video of Nabil Fekir in a Liverpool jersey doing what looks like is, you know, this sort of welcome interview where he's asked what what the, can the fans expect from you? You know, the usual standard interview that, that happens with every new signing. I think that's where the blame starts because people start saying, well, hold on, are you doing interviews with this guy as a Liverpool player? without him signing a contract or without being sure of his medical. And I think that's where the club started getting a little bit of blame. Is that something that they could have done without in a big, big way? Yeah, I think the way that they, they sort of handled it, it's, it's been very, very messy, hasn't it? Um, like you say, that that picture was leaked of somebody, uh, somebody from the LSE staff, obviously the media team have, have released that, that YouTube video with Fakir, holding his shirt, basically signed and like a play button as if to say he's already done his uh, his interview after after signing the deal. So obviously the fans are all all thinking then if this is done, this is this is what um basically it's, it's a done deal. So when it comes out and I've obviously broke away from, from the negotiations, the pretty pretty much dumbfounded then aren't they they're thinking what's gone on? It's it's not good on the the PR scale for Liverpool, is it? It, it doesn't sh- shine them in any sort of good light. I think from Leon's point of view, they wouldn't be happy with the, with Liverpool releasing that or somebody from the club releasing that picture before they'd agreed the deal, signed, sealed, if you like. Um, so in that terms, Liverpool haven't handled it very well. But like Jay said earlier, we don't know exactly what's what's going on behind the scenes. Who's talking to who? Has the chairman give that the go-ahead for Liverpool to do that? There's all sorts of scenarios going around, isn't there, back and forwards. I think over the next couple of days you'll still have people coming out saying things, especially the chairman of Leon. I don't think he's able to, to keep his mouth shut, is he? There's, there's something from him every day. He's put a, something on Twitter today about... Fakir congratulating him on his France or, or whatever so I, I just think you're still going to hear things coming out the next next couple of days whether it's medical wise whether it's to do with contracts French journalists will be coming out saying this thing the, it, this this is far from over in, in the press um, and I just think it speaks volumes that Liverpool Football Club have actually come out and said Absolutely zero whatsoever about the club, uh, about the the transfer. They've basically just kept quiet. So it'll be interesting over the next next week, ten days, whatever. Possibly right the way away through the World Cup. There'll be people asking for key questions, won't there? That was another thing last night. He, he kept quiet about the deal um, when asked about about it after the France game. 
So I just think um, it'll be very interesting to see what happens um, in the in the near future. Jay, um, I'll give you a scenario here, right? Liverpool go and do the media walk like some Kevin Sullivan on on the Periscope here says the media walk had to be done, and I understand that because he is with the French national team, and I think Sunday was a deadline. So let's look at it this way: Liverpool go, they look at a medical. So there's a small problem, but they say, "Look, we'll get a second opinion. It should be okay." They go and do the, the second medical. Their fears are eased. He does all the media work. He does the, you know, the forced interview. He does all this stuff. But look, is there a chance Liverpool turned back to Leon and said, "Look, the deal was in place for this player, but there is a slight issue coming from an MRI scan or whatever it is. We want to renegotiate." Is that is that a runner for you, or is it just a case of, or is it Leon saying, "No, if the deal's not done, we want to wait till the World Cup. We want to see if the price will go up." What what what's your thinking on the way this is? Because it's very very unclear to me this this series of events. Well, I mean, obviously, you would imagine if there is an issue with his medical, and we've seek the second opinion, and we still weren't one hundred percent satisfied with it, then yeah, if if he's a player that Klopp really wants, and we want to get the deal over the line then maybe there would be that theory that Liverpool have gone back to Leon and said, well, can we renegotiate the price? But the local media here have said that Liverpool haven't done that. So, again, it, it's all up in the air and no-one really knows what's going on. It, it's it's a very strange situation. And, you know, Leon, I've obviously got... They've made the club statements, haven't they, saying that all talks are off and he's going to stay, you know, obviously staying at Leon and what have you, and the, the, the deal's off and stuff like that but it's it's just a very very strange situation because you know when Liverpool you know they're obviously taking a media team over there to do the interview obviously he's posed it in the club colours in the club shirts um, just waiting you know for everything to be announced and then that, that, that to be released really into the public domain and for it to just go pear-shaped the way it has it's very very mystifying as I said before and it's it's unclear and I don't think anyone truly knows and I mean, I, I put a tweet out last night saying it'd be nice if the club actually made the statements as well. You know, not necessarily the specifics behind it in terms of, you know, you don't want to hang the lad out to dry and say he failed the medical, he's got a dodgy knee. But, you know, basically backing up what Leon is saying, that maybe, you know, the talks are off for the time being and we might visit it again after the World Cup or whether or not the deal is 100% off. But as a few people said to me in my mentions, you know, at the end of the day, Liverpool are keeping quiet about it because there does seem to be that little element of, you know, the chink of light, really, where there's a possibility that we might revisit the deal and we might try and go back in for them after the World Cup. But, but like I say, if, if he doesn't pass a medical and we've had a second opinion and there's still a slight doubt, why would you spend £50 million on someone that's that's not going to fulfil the needs of a medical examination? It doesn't make any sense to me. So, you know, it's all right people saying, oh, blame FSG trying to do things on the cheap. But if someone's not passing a medical properly, then how can you sign that player? This is what I don't understand about it. So I don't think anyone, there's no point in someone trying to put their point of view across and, and say it as fact, because I don't think many people do truly know what's gone on. Yeah, and... You know, like the thing about Leon pulling the negotiations for me is the one is the one thing that that's just sticking with me because look, if Liverpool are trying to get ahead of a timeline, as people have said here to me, they're trying to get ahead of a timeline where France fly off to Russia on Sunday or whatever day it was today, I think. Um, 
that's fine. Liverpool are trying to get all the media work done, get it all in place, we'll go and sort the medical, and they're expecting everything to run smoothly. For me, Liverpool are still in on this deal because if something didn't happen properly, medical or otherwise, Liverpool could have just turned around yesterday and said, look, we went to do a deal, it didn't happen, we move on. They have not said a single word. And the other thing that sticks out to me, and Grizz, I'll come to you on this, is the, the, the rumour is that, that, that Fekir was telling family and friends of his joy of, of, of sorting the deal. He was picking short numbers. He was, everyone, he was being congratulated within the French squad on his move. Um, you know, it, it was everything a normal move would show. It, it was a standard transfer that Liverpool had gone in. And let's be honest, if they'd have gone in and we'd announced him yesterday, you would have thought, Do you know what, on top of Fabinho, that's a really good move and we've done it and we've done it quickly and we've been really good about it. Um, but for me, I'm not 100% great on the medical grounds of this. I think there's something else in the background. For Fekir to get that far and to be telling people, I think he was asked a question last night and he said, oh, there's a small little issue. You know, I think that was something I seen on Twitter last night. Somebody had um, basically interpreted what he'd said or translated what he said in a, in a print interview. But, Grizz, do you think it's medical or do you think there may be something more and it's just a little negotiating ploy? Because let's be honest, people saying, oh, we might pick her up after the World Cup, that makes no sense to me. Because if we've done all the media work and the medical, and the medical, even if it's a second opinion and we're, our thing is being eased, there's no problem with us making an agreement with Leon at 10 o'clock this evening and announce a fake here at 11. There's no issues with that. Gab, do you know what it is? What what doesn't make sense for some people is, and I think Jay mentioned it, is in terms of if the guys failed a medical, right, why are we still negotiating? And why are we still on the table? It, it, it totally, totally, for me personally, it's, it's, it's quite crystal clear. I don't know, some people might not see it, but I see it quite crystal clear in terms of, look, there's a difference between passing a medical, right? I'm sh- I think he's passed the medicals, but I think the medicals have shown there could be future complexities, which has made us sort of go back to Leon and sort of restructure the deal, you know? And that's totally natural. So... I think it is a negotiating tactic. We have used it as a negotiating tactic, but it's totally fair that we do, and it's totally correct that we do. Because we've obviously said, right, look, he's passed the medical, but look, there are certain issues that could arise in the future with one of his knees, right? And so, therefore, we would like to restructure this deal in terms of include a sort of more towards like a, a performance or a performance-related or, you know, bonus ad- add-ons, right? Which is perfectly natural thing to do. In any situation when you when that arises, I think that's where Mister Olalas, whatever his name is, has got proper the hump and he's walked off. Now, Fakir is absolutely adamant because what you're talking about in terms of him convinced that he's an actually Liverpool player. Now he's telling his family and friends. The the the, the president of the French Football Association was the chap that. Even on the Saturday, I think it was, comes out and says, I just had a chat with Nabil 45 minutes ago. There was an issue with his med- there was an issue with the medical side, but it's resolved. And he's looking forward to li- uh, uh, going to Liverpool. So therefore, that shows to me that there were everyone was confident. Look, it's an issue, but it'll get resolved. It wasn't an issue enough to walk away. 
but it was an issue enough for us to want to restructure the deal. And that's the way I see it. And that's why I'm pretty confident that everything else seems to be done. It's just that structure of that deal needs to be sort of um, talked. Talk, we want to talk to them again and restructure that deal. And we just haven't got the time. We just haven't got the time because obviously they need to fly out to the World Cup. And look, people are getting a bit panicky stations a bit too much. You've got to remember there's two months left of this transfer window for this deal to sort of, as, as Pete was saying, there's loads of, there's loads of stories that are going to come out here. This has got loads of, you know, uh, legwork here. So I think that's where the situation is. I think we're still trying to restructure that deal. In my opinion, sorry, we're trying to restructure that deal. And I think we will eventually. Okay. Um, we're coming up near the end. Um, so I'm going to ask the hard question of all three is, um, Peter, in your opinion, Nabil Fekir, um, whether it's tomorrow, the next day, or what, the 8th of August, whenever the window closes, do you think he will be a Liverpool player by the time we start next season? To give you the straight answer, Gav, I, I'll, <laughs> I'll go out there and I'll say that, that Nabil Fekir will be a Liverpool player come the start of the Premier League season. We've seen it before, haven't we, with um, Liverpool have denied deals for Naby Keita comes out a few weeks later, deal's done. Virgil van Dijk, we even apologised to Southampton and said we've, we've walked away from the deal. January, he signs. Whether or not it is this, um, this summer he signs, or January, or even next summer, but I just think that it, it's gone this far down the line um, with the negotiations and all. And don't forget, he's coming into, I think it's the last two years of, of his contract, so if if he does keep hold of it, uh, the chairman of Leon does keep hold of him for another another six months, that's down to 18 months on his contract, his value decreases once again. So I just think they, they will come to some sort of an agreement where Liverpool, like Grizz said, will restructure the deal, performance-related, maybe after he's, he's played so many games, 25 games, they get so much, 50 games, another amount. So, so I just think that... Um, Common sense will prevail. Obviously, the lad wants to join Liverpool. Liverpool wants him. Um, so I think all parties eventually will, will come to an agreement and Nabil Fekir, in my opinion, will, will join Liverpool. OK. Jay, I'll come to you next. And the same question. Um, yes or no, and Nabil Fekir being a Liverpool player come to start of the Premier League season? You know, I, I take on board everything what the lads have said there. And, you know, obviously Liverpool have... There's a history, isn't he, recently with Van Dijk and obviously with Naby Keita as well, where the club have sort of like had to come out and deny things and obviously make a club statement, you know, apologising to Southampton over the Van Dijk stuff. And this is a different situation because of the medical law. And mm. what you've got to realise is you, you, we're dealing with a chairman here who's, who's notoriously very difficult to negotiate with. He's a, he, people have likened him to like the Daniel Levy of, of, of French football, haven't they? So... You know, it, it's a tough one. I mean, by all accounts, with the club not coming out and making a statement, I do think that's an indicator that Liverpool are still on the table, you know, to sign Fekir. Um, but it's it's a very difficult one to say. I mean, uh, let's be honest, it's obvious that he, he's, a, he's a priority signing this summer. We need someone like that in the team. And I, I really don't know. I, I just don't know. I mean, it's a yes or no answer, but I just don't know because... As I've said before about the medical, if there is an issue there, then you know how can you sign someone who's got a problem with his knees? Where you know further down the line, you're going to spend a lot of money on him. We're not talking small change here. 
he'd probably be our second most expensive buy, wouldn't he? So whether or not we can renegotiate a deal with someone who's, who's very difficult to, to, you know, obviously to hold talks with, uh, what's his name, Aulas, is it Aulias or whatever his name is, you know, it's very difficult to negotiate with someone like that. And if he's got it in his mind that he doesn't want to deal with Liverpool, then what can we do if, if Liverpool are not going to pay what they want and we want to restructure the payments or we want to restructure the, the actual price? then, you know, I just don't know where we go from here. So it's a very difficult one to assess, but it, it, it all depends on whether or not Klopp just thinks he, he's someone that I really wants. FSG, I'm sure they'll back him, and then maybe we will sign him eventually. OK. Chris, I'll come to you last on this one um, before I give my shout on it. Um, yes or no? What do, what do you reckon? Does he become a Liverpool player? Yeah, I think, I think us trying to... Think that we're going to mug off, well not mug off, but try to get a simple deal out of this German, I think was a bit naive on our part. And I think trying to get it done all within three, four days, rush it at the end, I think I think that was a tactic from our side as well. I, I actually believe that. I actually think we tried to sort of, you know, do this in a way like sort of we get him in the last week and, you know, they've got no choice. But he's a wily old fucking fox, that, that chairman of theirs. And as Jay says... It is touch and go, with especially, especially, everyone gives the example of Cater and VVD and we went back for them, but especially with the, with the medical sort of complexity. But I think we do. I think, I think the fact that we've been chasing him for, you know, X amount of months um, and we've invested so much time and energy into him, into this and sort of sending out the medical team in terms of, and, and also sort of the interviews done and everything. And I think he is crucial to Klopp's plan. And I, and I've said this, recently as well that I think FSG are totally backing him in terms of if Klopp wants a certain member of his team's spine sort of they think it's crucial to his spine I think we will go out and try to get him I don't think the medical issue is is serious enough for us to walk away at all I think it's just I think it's just a negotiating tactic we've kind of tried to utilize and I think we will utilize it in the end I think it'll be a long drawn out saga but I think I, I, I firmly believe that we will get him in the end. Yeah, I, um, I'm of the opinion that we will, and there's a couple of things to it. The fact that Liverpool have stayed silent on it is huge for me, absolutely huge. I think if Liverpool come out and make any sort of statement, and I mean, like it could be a statement where they say we've we've, we've ended interest in Nabil Fakir, I'd actually believe them this time because they'd have grounds to because of the knee injury, and they could literally turn around and. And anyone that asked them a question, they could say, look, we went in, we done, we done a medical, we got a second opinion. Yeah, our, our fears were a little bit eased, but there's something there that's not right. And we're not, as Jay said, it could be the second biggest sign in their club's history. Are we going to throw all that money on that? Um, but the silence has been deafening from Liverpool. And I think uh, the other thing is Leon saying that they've walked away from all negotiations. You have to remember, Leon have said they've walked away from all negotiations. When a player has done all his media with, with this team he's transferring to, he's telling family, he's telling friends. So there's something, something there where Leon... Look, maybe that owner always wanted an auction or he always wanted to run this to the end of the World Cup to try to get more money, and this medical actually suits him. It actually suits him where he say, oh, do you think there's a problem? Right, well, I let him play in the World Cup, and when he comes back and he's worth 80 million, then we'll talk. It, it could suit him. I think he does become a Liverpool player by the, by the start of next season. And I think, as one of you said, if Klopp wants him, I think FSG will back him. And I think Liverpool may have gone in and said, look, we will pay what, what you've asked us to pay, but we may want to pay it in different instalments. Or, as Grizz said, 
we will pay you this base amount. But if he plays this amount, we will pay the full amount or beyond the full amount as a little guarantee or as a little sweetener. I think he will become a Liverpool player by the um, by the start of the season. And with the World Cup and this window being so tight, I don't think it's a massive difference if he isn't a Liverpool player, you know, say until a week after the World Cup because he'll still be on holidays anyway. You know, these World Cup players are only probably going to get, what, two, two and a half weeks before the Premier League starts of actual training before, you know, when you when you counter in um, the World Cup itself, if they go deep in it, the, the holidays they'll need to have and then when they come back, they won't be back on the 4th of July like the rest of them would. So he's probably looking at three, probably three weeks. Um, so I think Klopp might, might wait and see what happens. I hope he become, becomes a Liverpool player because having not seen a lot of them, because I don't watch, I don't pretend to watch French football, um, anyone I've spoken to rates them highly and I watched the five minute YouTube video of him the other day and the music in the background was brilliant and um, for once and someone's his, his holding of the ball and his, his releasing of the ball is, is, is exceptional at times and his delivery if he signs for Liverpool actually um, Jay you like a bit um, if, he, if he signs for Liverpool I'd put a few quid on him assisting at least five goals for Van Dijk next season with the way he puts the ball in the box that's one thing I would say Um we're nearly at the end. I just there's a couple of things I want to touch on. Uh, one thing you've probably noticed the tri- the day trippers doing their podcast from a slightly different location this season, and um, that's because the the bunker that we usually do from is being uh, refurbished, and we're we're paying for it ourselves basically. Um, but they've set up a little thing there from uh, it's now it's coffee dot com forward slash lse day trippers. So it's k o hyphen f i dot com forward slash LFC day trippers you literally throw a fiver in to help the fund to finish this off um, I think if you throw in a tenner I think that they're going to they're, they're giving rewards they're going to give rewards to certain people that do that um, based in the in the, in the new bunker um, and that'll all become clear when you actually click on this ko com forward slash LFC day trippers get on there have a look it'll explain everything to you if you feel like you can throw a few quid in walk away and um, you, everyone will see the benefit from the start of next season if not sooner if we can't get it done by then um, before we go um, Peter the cop table um, what's the plan for the summer yeah we'll be back um, pre-season with our, our regular Premier League preview uh, hopefully we're going to be having Paul Joyce on from the from the Times. I met up with Paul not long ago to do um, do an interview regarding grassroots football in, in my local area. So um, I've got a direct direct line to Paul now and um, speaking to him regular. So hopefully he'll be um, coming on to do the the preview of the Premier League on the on the cup table in August. Good. So that'll be a good thing to listen to. Um, and it's always a good thing to listen to the cop table, in fairness. Um, Grace, you have nothing to plug. I know you don't. Uh, Jay, anything you want to finish off with? No, just um, I've got a fever at the moment, so uh, I'm toast up on antihistamines. <laughs> I've seen a guy earlier saying um, antihistamines and um, Heineken is a good solution for that. Yeah, but uh, I prefer Guinness, though, I must admit. Oh, do you? Well, then you'll have to come to Dublin and we'll treat you some real, real Guinness then. Um, Grace was over in Dublin two weeks ago and he loved it, didn't you, Grace? Oh, I was smashing. I still got the tan. <laughs> yeah, you do, yeah. All right, well, listen, that's been the word on the street. I'd like to, uh, huge thanks to Jay Riley, a huge thanks to Peter Phillips, um, a huge thanks to Grace. I've been your host, Gav. Um, we'll be back during the week, um, probably looking at Wednesday, probably. I'm back next Sunday. Um, 
we have guests lined up for both them shows. We give you, we let you know what's going on during the week with them. But it'll be more of this, um, any kind of breaking news, and we'll have a little chat around transfers and stuff like that, and anything that comes up, really. Um, yeah, so that's been the word on the street. Um, thanks for listening. Over now. At Capella University, education is as smart as the world around us. With the FlexPath format, you can take classes at your own pace, set your own deadlines, and even leverage your previous experience to move faster. Now that's smart. Learn more at capella.edu. Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. Sports Social Podcast Network.